Hey, everybody. This is Patrick, the Chief Monkey and founder of Wall Street Oasis. Just wanted to first off say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Second, wanted to make sure for any of you in the market for financial modeling training, remind you that Wall Street Oasis does have some incredible financial modeling training courses, including Excel modeling, financial statement through, you know, linking up the three statements, DCF, valuation, M&A, LBO, um, even more niche courses like 13-week cash flow, venture capital course, real estate modeling, you name it. Go ahead and check them out at wallstreetoasis.com slash courses. Thanks for the support. Hello and welcome. I'm Patrick Curtis, your host and chief monkey, and this is the Wall Street Oasis podcast. Join me as I talk to some of the community's most successful and inspirational members to gain valuable insight into different career paths and life in general. Let's get to it. In this episode, Equity Trader shares her path from a master's degree in France to working in FX sales in Belgium. We learn why she was so confident quitting, how she ended up in Germany at a French bank working in asset-secured financing sales, and finally, what led to the most recent jump to work in London as an equity trader over the past three years. Enjoy. Okay, Equity Trader, thanks for joining the Wall Street, Wall Street Oasis podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. It would be great if you could just give the listeners a short summary of your bio. Yeah. Um, okay, so um, now like currently I'm working in a big international bank as a trader in equities. Um, that makes five years uh, in total that I'm in the same business, so um, securities lending. Uh, I worked in different European cities uh, for different kind of uh, banks. And at the very beginning of my financial market career, I start uh, as a sales in uh, FX brokerage. Very cool. FX brokerage, right? Yes. Very cool. Okay. So back when you were doing in uni, you know, before business school, even, um, were you thinking I was born to be someone in finance? Uh, yes, definitely. Um, yeah, so you so, early on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would say the first time, uh, I had this kind of business spark, it was, uh, right at the beginning of high school. Um, because uh, I was really uh, concerned of not having any idea um, of what I'm going to do later. So I was really trying to find, okay, what do I like? Um, what's my skills? What, I, what do I want to learn? And uh, what are my priorities, you know? Um, and, and also, um, you know, sometimes you, you watch a movie, you read a book or, or you're traveling and you're, you're, you're meeting someone. I mean, you're not really meeting someone, but just it happened that you see someone like, uh, in a situation and you're like, ta-da, like, you're like, oh my God, I want to be this person. Um, I had a bit of that, uh, during a first trip to New York, uh, because, uh, very, I mean, that's very silly, but I was in a nail bar and there's a, you know, full suit on business women who just arrived, like she was rushing and she was like, can you please save my life? Because she had a, a meeting right after. 
and so she was in the nail bar as well and and I was looking at her I was like oh my god like that's that's crazy like she looked amazing and her life looks so cool and and she was like uh, yeah I'm, I'm working in trading in a bank and that's that's all that she said basically and I was just came up to you and said can you save me what do you mean what did you, you didn't know each other uh, no, 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 it's just like she was saying that to, you know, the, the people in Navar, like she was uh, okay. uh, just showing her hand and the, the nails were not done. So she was like, please save me. And then back back to work, you know, she was running. Um, but yeah, I was 14 and I was really like, uh, you know, impressed. <laughs> You're so busy and so important, right? Running exactly, around. exactly. Yeah, um, okay. And uh, yeah, otherwise, then I, I did a lot of researches around the industry. Uh, to be honest, um, it was pretty difficult to, to get uh, good quality information uh, when I was in high school or even during uh, college and university um, because it, it's really niche. And, and also, if you don't know anybody, like for instance, my parents are, are not in finance at all. Uh, nobody in my family is. What are they um, in? Medicine? Sorry? Medicine? What are they in? Health? Oh, um, not at all. Uh, they, they were working. They were working. Um, my mom as a teacher and my dad uh, for the Navy. Got it. Okay. So both for the States, very public yeah. sector, you know. Um, so yeah, so it was really difficult to get information without, uh, you know, falling in very cliche uh, information or, or very basic information that actually mean nothing. Um, so so yeah, for instance, you know, this very standardized um, note that says, oh yeah, if you're a trader after three years, you, you need a plan B because you're going to have an automatic burnout or something. So, so yeah, that's not really encouraging when you're, you're like, okay, I'm going to study for five years and then my career is going to be three years. Oh my God, what is this? Where did you hear that? Or it's just some online articles? That was, yeah, that was something online. You know, one of these websites that did kind you of gather a lot Oasis? of- You didn't find Wall Street Oasis in high school? uh no actually no we were, we it's were more around. like you i think we were around yeah you, uh, i think it's more uh at the very end of uh my school. business school years yeah. uh when i i got a bit you know more connected uh to people uh within the industry and i was going to afterworks and so yeah, I had you know more keywords to to research about, and and then obviously you start yeah uh, finding Wall Street Oasis, Investopedia, obviously um, all of that. Yeah, and so you're you know you, it sounds like pretty early on you knew this is this kind of fascinated you this world of trading and whatnot. So you basically went went all the way through uni kind of just not really knowing but then you said you applied to business school so you knew you do want to do something in finance or business right yes so it's like i had this idea very early on uh, about trading uh, trading looked very very appealing to me very exciting very intellectual um yeah a lot of adrenaline but also a lot of impact in 
the economy. So all of that was really interesting for me. Um, on the other side, I'm someone that is interested in many, many different things. Uh, and also, I would say, as a young woman, uh, I think, you know, you always have the impact of your environment and also of the picture that you project uh, around you. Um, and um, as an industry, finance is not really welcoming for women, especially not um, in financial markets. So when I was especially trading, especially trading, especially trading, <laughs> I mean, there's, there's even oh, more. There are also other areas, but yeah, but yeah we're not going to name them, all of them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so when I was saying, for instance, to my mathematics professor on the first day when he was just asking a few people, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? And I was like, I want to be a trader. Then he was just like, silence. And then getting closer to me and be like, oh, you know, when I was a student, there was only the the best, the three best people in the room who would get that. And I was like, okay, but that's it. But then he was just like, you've been warned, you know, kind of. So, yeah. I mean, it, it's just little things like this, but it just adds up, you know, like years passing. And and so obviously then that, that made me a bit, um, hesitate about it like okay mm -hmm. am I really done for this can I really do it well so were you spending the summers like what were you doing or, or you know in uni like in the U.S. at least there's you know internships play such a huge role to getting a full-time job um you know were you doing internships what were you doing over the over your break so basically the thing is um at first, uh, during my college years and, and also the first years of business school. Um, so I was in France, uh, I was studying in France. And um, because my professor told me, oh, you know, for, for personality interview, like finance, you're gonna get like terrible questions. It's gonna be too difficult. So uh, basically I had an idea about financial markets, but I, ha I had also another idea, totally different about digital marketing um and so they were like yeah you should you should more present this idea uh, as your career path so at first i was like okay fine i have i have points for both of them so i don't care uh so at first i actually did many internships and and experiences um as a field sales or as uh you know assistant in digital marketing or business development yeah um and and basically i did that until the very last year of my master's degree where you have to specialize you know to to choose a, a major and i mean obviously i i cannot say yeah i i've done everything i i know everything in marketing not at all and and that's really a brilliant field but i i had this feeling like I did what I wanted to do. Like I was having fun on Photoshop and all of that. That was really cool. Like uh, CSS and HTML were really cool too. Yeah. But but just I was like, I don't know. I feel I feel like 
I want to try my other idea, you know? There's more to learn. And you felt like there's a lot more to learn in finance that was still unknown versus digital marketing. You felt like marketing, Maybe. even with the few internships, you felt kind of like, okay, is that it? Yes, I was, you know, it's a bit like you you, you had a big meal and, and then you're good. I was feeling a bit like this. I was like, I really loved marketing, but now I got enough of it. So I'm just going to move to my second idea. And so I choose finance as a major. Uh, so I have master, uh, specialized in finance yep. and, um, and I start kind of pivoting to, to my current career. Um, so the in-between was my last year of master's degree because, so I had absolutely, I never did a summer internship in a bank yep. or, or wherever I, I never did that. How did you recruit for this first, uh, sales position, this FX you know, so what basically what I did is um, my last year of a master's degree, um, I did a kind of in-between role. Basically, I was a foot already in the finance industry because I was working for a consulting company specialized in front office uh, financial market position. Basically, the consultant could be like quants in a bank, you know? But what did what did the consulting firm do? They they were front. They were placing they were placing people in banks for oh, like a recruiting for, agency almost. Like uh, finding it, it's still consulting. It's still consulting okay. because it's like uh, the quants uh, are positioned in different banks. Yeah. And, but for short term missions, you know. Oh, okay, got it. So I was not one of them, obviously, because I'm absolutely not doing that. I don't have the skill for that. And I totally respect people who do that. Um, but I was, you know, I was in contact with these people and it was really interesting. I could ask like thousands of questions. I could network. Uh, uh, I could ask them about uh, actually the people I wanted to be. So um, other front office people like sales or traders mm -hmm. while I was capitalizing on what I was doing before. So basically in this uh, company, I was doing more of a business development um, role. Yeah, I mean, it's so, it's so like vague. So like, you're, do they give you a list of people to call? Like, what are you actually doing? So like an FX, you know, FX oh, so for people, for that, listeners that who don't before, know. That was before, that was before. Yeah. Uh, then, so I did that. Then I finished my master's degree. Okay. And, and then, so basically I was a bit, okay, I have my, I have my diploma, so now I'm supposed to start really the, the financial market career I want. And, and so basically in France, uh, when you do a business school, there is um, this, this idea that is very strong that you cannot be a trader because it's too technical and you can only be a sales. Uh, and trading jobs are for engineers or yeah people who did engineering schools yes that's a very very strong idea so i've been obviously kind of brainwashed because i've been through a business school in france um so basically by this time i was thinking okay i want to be a sales and uh when i was trying to apply obviously they were all telling me oh but you didn't do any internship in a bank. You've never been in, in a training floor in your life. Yeah. And, and that was my main problem because I was like, yeah, but if you don't let me in, how am I supposed to do? So that was a big problem. So all the big banks were absolutely not open to me. This is, by the way, this is what I always say. They, people are like, 
when somebody tells you you have time to decide, it's actually not true. It makes your life a lot harder if you take longer to decide. Yeah. No, <laughs> like if you know you're, you know, in uni or if you know right when you start business school and you're not doing like marketing and, you know, if you can get an internship, it just makes the path so much easier, right? Yeah, no, makes sense. Definitely. Yeah. But so um, how did you how did you actually get into sales? How did you actually so do? basically so I, as I said I I did a lot of networking. Uh, I've been to many conferences um, after work. Uh, first to just you know also learn about the industry, like observe a bit how people were um, behaving, talking. Um, honestly, I I learned a lot, even about like you know vocabulary, like the jargon and all of that um what was important for them what they were looking for uh in colleagues and and also obviously like about their jobs um and through my thesis uh i interviewed um two different sales guys uh one was in a big bank uh and the other one was uh working in brokerage and that kind of inspired me because I was like okay this is not a smaller structure in this case it was like an international broker an American firm but but just I, I noticed that the, the brokerage industry was a bit more flexible like they were less about this very structured path of summer internship and then graduate and then permanent position it was a bit more um if you have a good fit, if your personality match with the team, if they feel like they can really train you and, and you can be like a good sales because you, you, you're you eager uh, enough to, to be that. So how did you convince them to that? The interview helped, like you showed you were intelligent, you were really interested about it. And then he was like, you're hired or come work for us or what, how did it work? Yeah, that's honestly, that's basically that. Uh, so then yeah. after I, I was in contact with uh, this person, so I was like, okay, I think I got a bit um, an idea of how I'm going to do this. So I was like, okay, I need to, I need to apply for, for brokers positions. And so to, for uh, the so listeners, can you talk about like what an FX broker would even do? Like, what is the role of this FX? Yes. Broker? Yeah, for sure. Like, I think people are like, what's sales? What's broker? You know, it's broker. Yes. You think of somebody in between, but like, what are you doing as a sales broker? Like, what yeah, is no, for sure. Um, so I have to say, uh, I would say this this uh, position can change a lot in its content, uh, depend on uh, which firm you're gonna work in. Mm -hmm. uh, in my case, so that was an average sized um brokerage company so that's not like market securities or, or something like this okay yeah. so you have to keep that in mind um that was a, a company that was more markets uh, like a fintech so a bit more of you know a startup mindset uh and it was really at early stage uh, of development as well um so yeah, you have to keep that in mind, obviously, when, when you apply, you're not going to have the same role in a huge broker that is already very, you know, established uh, or in a small broker. So, so in this company, what was the business model? Like, how are you actually charging the clients? So here, uh, so you had obviously, you know, commissions like on, on your different um, trades. Um, and so my role basically was um, 
to to develop the business or to to create a portfolio. So I was managing existing clients that would be allocated to me, um, follow up with them about their use uh, of ethics, uh, giving them uh, market analysis. Um, Can you give me an example of like a, one of the deals you put together for them and like what, how much that would make the firm? Um, Approximately like, like, okay, there's a company in XYZ, they have a lot of exposure to, you know. Like for instance, it, that's, uh, so I was taking care of corporate clients. So we're not talking about institutional clients here. It's really corporate clients. It was more like average sized company, uh, no listed companies here. Um, so that could be really anything that could be like the, the small shop, uh, that you can find in, uh, a Japanese exhibit, uh, you know, selling product from Japan. And, and then you have obviously some ethics like GPY and, uh, GBP, um, or that could go up to, uh, a huge company, um, that is on Alternext, for instance, that is in, in medical products and that's by some supply in the US, for instance. And then and again- so They need some sort of hedging strategy to protect themselves on currency fluctuations. Yeah, so um, that's so maybe, maybe their inputs are like in one currency, but they're working, they're selling in another. Yeah, that can be that. For instance, they can be pooling their assets um, yeah. in in their location currency. For instance, if they're based in France, so all of their um, balance sheet are in euros, but they're buying regular uh, large amounts of supply in the US. So you have some some ethics going on, and uh, obviously at certain uh, at a certain scale, it has an impact on your revenue so you have to yeah you have to hedge yourself and uh and you have to monitor that so um then basically um i would i would call definitely a lot uh that would be like a, a big a portion of my day <laughs> i mean sometimes i i was like with two phones around the head so that was pretty <laughs> intense but um then it was uh, mostly it was uh, spot orders, and also I have to say that um, within this fintech there was really the idea of uh, okay we are maintaining client relationship but also we are selling the use of a platform. So basically the the idea is that the the client can be really independent if they want to, and that's obviously in our favor because the more the client is independent less you have to take care of them and then you can go and hunt for new clients so yeah interesting so yeah so you're you're doing calls you're are you doing calls to try and get new clients so i'm doing calls i'm uh, managing relationship i'm giving uh commentaries uh and especially Market if there's updates. you know big news updates exactly but also sometimes it has also some pretty um um yeah, funny or even a bit weird uh, side of the job. Like sometimes, you know, um, you can find ethics clients in in the big fairs, for instance, like when they're selling fish, when they're selling uh, Asian products, when they're selling um, arts as well. Um, so then I was just like during one day, uh, I had a list of, of potential uh, clients and I was just like doing huge fairs and 
trying to 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 create new relationships like this so that was quite interesting um and uh quite nice to be honest yeah so you're only there for or you're there for under a year why jump why move what happened did they close so um there was a bit of personal reason but uh then uh also i i also wanted to to evolve uh in my career and i was thinking okay uh i have now i have my experience uh in a trading floor so nobody can tell me oh you've never been in a trading floor so i'm done good um and and also i maybe i would like to to live in another country um and also maybe i would like to to work for a bigger structure so so yeah for all of these different reasons uh i i stopped working uh in this company uh then i i went back uh to my country for maybe like a month or two mm-hmm. um and and then i moved to germany um and so i start again but you, you quit uh, your job you quit your job and went back to your home country before you had another job lined up yes yes so that's what gave you the confidence to do that just because well you're just because you had because of my experience because of my experience uh because um as i said i I networked quite a lot so i was observing obviously you knew you had you knew you had opportunities you were still getting like you had a lot of you know a lot of contacts are all around europe you felt like it was not really about contacts to be honest like i I was still a nobody like a newbie and honestly I, i had i mean not no clue but I I didn't have the knowledge I have now. And like at this time I had really no flair about markets. So um, it's not about the contacts. It's just, I observed like the the resume of many people and I just knew, okay, I have one year experience in the trading floor as a sales, ethics sales, which often, you know, refers to a pretty intense product for many people. So that's quite, that's quite strong. So I just thought, okay, I'm I'm really confident in the fact that I can resell that uh, to a bigger bank. And also, um, I noticed that um, in the great programs of French banks, um, they were really, really uh, eager to hire people who know how to speak German. And I know how to speak German. Uh, I'm not fluent because it's a really difficult language, uh, but uh, I have very good uh, skills in that. So basically, I just uh, spot uh, a very strong competitive advantage I had. So I didn't I didn't waste my time trying to apply to New York or London like everybody, and I just I just applied directly uh, for Germany, and I got it. Awesome, and so like when you were, when you moved back home, so you quit, um, did you get a bonus at all? Or are there bonus structures like one year? Did you lose your bonus or did you get a bonus? No, uh, I mean, as I said, that, that was very startup. startup Okay. Structure. So you weren't, yeah, so there was you, no bonus included. Do you mind sharing what your like base salary was around or a range? Uh, yes. So, um, Honestly, that was a while ago. <laughs> a long time, but was that like, you know, I don't even know in euros. So what would it be like 40,000 euros? Yeah. That was that was pretty low, to be honest. Uh, you're gonna be disappointed already. Um, I'm not disappointed. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think that was around 
25k euros yep. a year. Okay, that sounds yeah. about right. It's a startup, right? So okay, so you're you quit. So that was in Belgium, yep. and uh, also I had some some perks like on the side of that. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, but yeah, that that's pretty. Benefits yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, yeah. So you so you went home. So you went um you went home, and then did you move to Germany first before applying, or you got the job? You applied from, from no. Home? So yeah, I, I I waited. Basically, I I went home also because you know I I was not earning any money anymore. So yeah. you know in this case for me it's it's automatic. It's like okay, go back to your parents <laughs> where you're not gonna pay anything. So um so yeah so that's why I I went back home as well because they was it a I, downsizing or something else personal the reason you you went back you don't want to share why you why you went. um I mean it was just um you know there was like some romantic thing going on uh breakup in particular um but yeah so basically uh I felt like okay that was kind of it was a good a break good for moment. you it was, it was the time yeah, a- exactly. It was just a, a good thing to to go back home, kind of clean up the situation and and then move on, basically. So um, okay. I, I did the, the whole thing in one time. I, I actually said that uh, at my interview for the next job uh, because they were they were a bit concerned that I was a young lady uh, coming to to Germany while I have no family there and they were like she's not gonna move she she's uh, she's not gonna dare to move uh, like this for a year or two and I was like oh you know I'm I, I'm flexible I, I dropped everything like even the boyfriend so <laughs> I can move <laughs> and yeah I think that's quite good to to say this kind of thing. I mean, first, because it's true and also because it's funny. And, you know, during an interview, everybody's stressed. So at least like if you manage to them laugh. make, you know, because I, I look exactly were they were they nervous because you left before or they were nervous just because it was a totally new country and you didn't know anybody there? I think they were stressed because uh, they already had uh, very good candidates that reject offers because because just uh, Germany uh it was not that attractive for them and they didn't know yeah they didn't know anybody uh in the city so got it okay so enough enough about that so you get there you decide to make the leap you convince them that you're ready that you're going to stay there you're not going to leave in three months so (laughs) exactly so you get there and you're now in uh what you know Asset secure, asset secured kind of financing sales we'll call it um exactly yes so what do we Tell me a little bit about just that specific role and like, what does that even mean for people who are clueless like me? I never worked on a trading desk. So explain to me what you were doing day to day. Sure. Um, so this was a totally new product for me. So obviously like the, the learning curve was huge. Um, also my team at this time was really a tiny team. Uh, so that means that I was, uh, I was, um, really seeing a full range of products and and also directly i had a lot uh i mean i cannot say a lot of responsibilities because i was still just a grad but but still i was in contact and um yeah i was in contact with a lot of different tasks a lot of different businesses uh, a lot of different people as well uh, i was you know going to see the clients uh, with my manager uh, so that was that was pretty nice because also 
most of the grads or, or interns were not allowed to do that. But I was because, again, tiny team. And also I was speaking German. So I was, yeah, I was allowed to, to do this kind of thing. So yeah. that's so, definitely... So for the, for the listeners, secured finance, asset secured financing, basically you're helping... Uh, so basically the, the, the business is uh, in securities lending. So as the a, as a name says, so you're not buying or selling but you're lending or borrowing. So that's a bit the twist of the desk. And then uh, within this umbrella name, um, you have different kind of, of products. So uh, on the equity side, uh, you have what we call equity finance or stock loan. So basically it's a single stock that you're gonna lend or borrow against a fee and a collateral. Mm-hmm. So you have a two-way exchange. Got it. Um, and on the fixed income side, uh, we're going to use what we call a, a repo, so a repurchase agreement. Um, and that's that's a bit similar, to be honest. It's like, uh, for instance, if you have like uh, a bond that you're, you're lending, then your borrower is going to receive the bond. He's going to send you a fee and a collateral that can be anything like cash or another bond or equity. So then it's really up to the contract that you negotiated. Uh, we call that the collateral schedule um, with your counterparty and, uh, and yeah, and that's it. And the needs, obviously the strategy that is in place uh, within the lending program. It sounds complicated. It sounds... <laughs> Sorry, it's really good when you have um, a drawing, you know, a scheme, you can really see the different flows and all of that. So yeah, just speaking is a bit difficult. I think people should uh, be visiting the finance dictionary after this. um, (laughs) Just honestly, if you just like Google um, stock loan, securities lending and Mm -hmm. repo, I think you're, you're already quite covered. Half the way there. Yeah. For a newbie. For sure. For sure. No. So that's good. I mean, so you're there, you're kind of, you're learning a lot because you're seeing a lot of different new, new products. You're having yes. a lot of cooperation and strategy from everywhere from back office. You know, you're at a bigger bank, right? It's not. Massive. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm in yeah. an international bank, so I'm really yeah. seeing what I wanted to see. That was a bit the first time I was feeling like I'm where I wanted to be. So that's, that's already a great feeling. And um, and also uh, my desk is quite well located because um, we're in contact with other desks uh, worldwide. Mm-hmm. So then uh, I could talk to people in New York, people in Paris, people in London, in Hong Kong, uh, in Tokyo as well. So the exposure was huge. And um, and also because I love traveling, uh, I. Yeah, I kind of try to match my vacation with these cities uh, first for fun because most of them I, I never been to, mm-hmm. and also for networking because it was always the a good excuse to you know go to to the office and do a bit of handshaking and and yeah all of that. So um, so yeah, I really try to to make most of of being inside of uh, this company. That's very cool. So yeah, you got to travel to you know Hong Kong, London, uh, Tokyo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. So you're there for a year and a half. Kind of what makes you think, hey, now is a good time to move? Where it was, uh, 
you were um you didn't want to speak German anymore or what, what was the, the thought <laughs> um so that was uh so as I said that's um that was a bit the French equivalent of a graduate program mm -hmm. uh so that was a term contract uh so that's why it, it ended and after was it, that I assume was... it was still a pay bump over the fintech place sorry I assume it was still paid more than the the original FX sales job. Yes, yes, it was. It was, and also the, it was not taxed, which is really nice too. Oh, nice. So, how what was the what was the pay around forty thousand, fifty thousand? Uh not that much not though. Not that much. Thirty-ish. Uh, yeah, it was more around thirty k euros. Okay, so now here were there bonuses on the on the sales desk, or how should we? Think? Uh, no bonuses for the grads. No. Got it. Okay, because it's it's considered still right out on right out of grad right out of the master's program. Basically, it's um as I said, it's it's an equivalent. It's a French equivalent to what we call graduate programs uh in the mm -hmm. U.S. or the U.K. But um I was not um a, I was not an employee of the bank. Uh, so we call that V I E, uh and basically you're sent uh, abroad. Uh, by the French Ministry of Foreign Affairs. And um, so basically I was legally an employee of the French Ministry, not of the bank. Interesting. Why do they do that? Um, so that's a program uh, that wants to encourage young French people to work for French companies abroad. Oh, French that's companies abroad. Got it. To help, to help the French companies abroad kind of... Um, get some talent yeah and also to to offer a very protected um way of of uh, having abroad experiences for for young people that's cool um yeah yeah so that can last up to two years uh i signed directly for a year and a half mm -hmm. uh, but sometimes yeah you can just sign for one year and then go on if you're happy so yeah. So how did you know, okay, year and a half, that's good. And then how did you start looking for your next job? So um, as I said, during this job, I, I tried really to network a lot. Um, beside of my job, I, I created also um, a, a conference club that was organizing monthly conferences about finance and leadership. So through this, I, I met a lot of people as well. Um, but then, um, then yeah, I was applying uh, like everybody. Uh, I was applying a bit everywhere. Honestly, I was really applying worldwide. And sometimes HR was, yeah, they, they were a bit um, disturbed by this. They were a bit, where? I was like, anywhere, where there's a stock exchange. <laughs> um, because so yeah, head, I was- The headhunters were disturbed that you didn't have a preference for city or anything. You just like, yes, yeah, I Yeah, because anywhere. I mean, to be honest, like I, I traveled during this time, I traveled to the main uh, financial hub uh, in the world. So, so you were I considering own... London, New York, Hong, Hong Kong, Kong yeah, Singapore. Singapore. You, you didn't Tokyo. care. You said whatever is the most interesting or best offer. Exactly. I was more like, I know the job I want. So yeah. just I want this job. Whatever. What was the job? You wanted to do the same job, just somewhere else? Yes, I at this time, yeah, I was still, uh, as I said, I was still brainwashed. Uh, yeah, I can only be a sales, I cannot be a trader, it's too difficult. But actually, when I met my uh, traders in New York, um, that's kind of where 
things start uh, shifting a bit because I was saying that I was like, yeah, I'm trying to apply to sales jobs. And they were like, yeah, but what about training jobs? And I was like, oh no, I can't. They were like, why? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> um, and they were like, come on, you should apply. You should apply. And maybe I applied to a few, but I was not really convinced. And, um, and actually, so I, I spent like uh, a few months applying, spending uh, time like passing interviews. Um, but at the end, uh, that's quite funny because actually um, the way I got my job is not through all of these applications. So at the end, I, I had different options. Um, I had three different offers. Mm -hmm. What uh, were they around? You know, so vaguely. There was... There was one offer uh, that was a bit on the research side of things uh, because I really like behavioral finance mm -hmm. and I kind of pitched myself um, to, to a desk in Paris yep. internally and, and we were talking about a potential position in this area. So that would have been a very big shift. Like that yeah. would have been a, a bit difficult, uh, like not difficult, but a bit different um but that was very interesting sales so to was, research is very different <laughs> yeah but I, I mean i love the topic and yeah. honestly if i could do a phd in that i i would yeah. uh so so i was i was really i was really yeah going for it anyway mm -hmm. um so that was for paris otherwise i was um shortlisted uh, for a sales job in uh, hong kong cool um and, and finally, so actually my current job in London, um, I got it not because I applied. I, I never applied to it and I, I never saw the job description of my job, um, <laughs> which is weird. Um, but basically, uh, one of my clients, uh, when I was in Germany, talked with someone of the bank I'm working for now. And, and they were looking for someone and they were, and basically he said, oh, I know someone who is looking for a job right now. And so they contacted me, uh, asking me, uh, is London an option for you? And I was like, yes. Um, and, and then, you know, then I, I passed the interviews, uh, everything worked well for me and, uh, and that's it. But this is for a trading. This is for a trading role now. Yeah. So that was that's the funny part, basically. So when they approached me first time um, by email, um, they were talking about the sales job. So I was I was obviously up for it because I was a sales already. So I was like, yeah, yeah. of course. Then when I arrived, when we met, um, the first person I met told me, oh, by the way, uh, actually, it's gonna be a sales trader role. But then I was like, yeah, well, whatever, I'm here. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm done for it too. Um, and then when I received my contract uh, to, to sign it, so it, by email as well, uh, on my contract, it was written trader only. So I was like, okay, fine. So they just gradually move you over to just pure trading and uh, you're not doing any sales. But I mean, sale, trading and sales, they're, they're linked, right? So tell me about like, how things have, I'd love to hear how things have shifted from like the pure sales to now you're the trader. Are yeah. You, so tell me about that. That's, that's definitely not an in between sales trading role. And, and that's definitely a pure trading role uh, for the simple reason that we have a sales team 
to help us. So definitely, I'm not doing the job. You're I'm actually executing. You're actually executing the trades and and looking at markets and not. Yes, exactly. So basically, market making. Um, uh, what doing risk? Trying to deal with. The so basically, I'm I'm managing the risk uh, on on my books, um, covering uh, the interest of the clients that are managed by the sales guys mm -hmm. um and otherwise you know um internally trying to optimize uh revenues on the different books mm -hmm. and and working on some optimization uh for internal processes as well mm -hmm. um yeah that's basically the the overview of the job tell me about the culture are people screaming all the time is it calm is it uh what's not it at all that's that's a that's a big cliche um, yeah. yeah that that's come up every time but yeah that's that's because of what you see on the screen there's no hazing that. there's no hazing i mean so a little bit for the new interns <laughs> um so sometimes obviously you know if you have like a, a big news and and a lot is yeah a lot is going on uh then maybe you're gonna be like shouting to your sales and then back to you because that's a very quick way to communicate yeah. and we are seated very close to each other. Um, but otherwise, uh, most of our job is virtual. So we're going to just see a lot of people lined up, seated at the desk and working, looking at the screens. Yeah. So uh so it's not it's not like uh, screaming and moving everywhere and like you know being like almost jumping and. <laughs> tell me about what. Tell me about what it's like uh, being a female on the desk and and how um, how you felt um, just kind of just when you started there and and that can be from yeah. all the way back to now. Just how yeah, um, that's yeah, that's actually interesting because um, uh, there's a, a big change uh, like. Since I'm in London, um, since I'm in London, basically in the team I'm working in, that's the first time in my career ever that um, I'm not the only woman in my team. Yeah. Um, and that's a that's a huge change. Uh, we're only two, but two out of four, so that's that's nice. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, that that can seem like a very you know, small thing to say, but that's that changed the uh, the whole dynamic, and uh, and in a good way, uh, because otherwise, uh, if you only see guys, if you notice that you're only four women in the whole training floor, um, well, you you feel a bit alone, and just you you feel like something is wrong here, you know, because it's not like outside in the streets, like there, yeah. It's not mixed at all. Yeah. Um, so yeah, when I was uh, in the brokerage company, uh, I was the only sales female uh, sales working there. Um, and in my first uh, bank position, uh, again, I was I was the only uh, woman in the team. And yeah, we were only four or five uh, women in the training floor. That was a small training floor, uh, maybe. 50 60 people in total but still that's that's very small uh if you look at the percent so um 
so yeah i mean definitely i would say currently i'm in a bank that definitely is uh giving very good efforts to to do a shift uh and and i noticed it like from day one because in comparison to the other bank uh was still very um traditional i would say mm-hmm. um yeah uh, it was it was really like yeah it, it shows like it, it really shows like do you, you feel you like just, you're you feel like you're more at home and comfortable at your current bank i'm more comfortable because as i said like if inside of the company looks more like outside in the streets i think that's that's a good yeah that's a good sign uh it's a healthy sign because otherwise uh if you're walking through the rows and i don't know you're you're seeing only old white male basically uh that's just very weird you're like okay where are the others <laughs> yeah so where's everybody else exactly exactly so, so you um so do you feel like this is potentially a long-term home for you? I know you've been there for over three years already. What's the thought process in terms of future for you? Uh, I mean, definitely I'm, I'm happy where I am right now. Um, then, um, is the pay a big jump going to London? Um, I was a bit scared of this move, uh, because I knew it was kind of a long-term move, yeah. uh, uh, in comparison uh to to before where it was you know term contract or or very the very beginning of my career like uh, that time i knew like uh that choice was going to be at least a i don't know a, a five years choice yeah. so i was a bit more stressed and also because also people told me oh when like once i i chose they were like oh you're going to london oh my god the, the pace is totally different this is not germany uh, they're gonna work you to the bone. Yeah. Um, so I was I was a bit stressed about that. And basically, the first six months I've been in London, I was really taking care of myself, like I was uh, a spot woman or something. Like uh, I don't know, I was I <laughs> You're was an athlete. You're like working out every day. Exactly. But honestly, yeah. like when you think of it, like when you when you see what is required from you uh, for a front office job, like. A trader or sales or, or even in MA, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, they want you to be performant. They want you to be quick. They want you to be uh, precise. They want you to be like. So you're saying they should all force their traders, the MA banker teams, onto on the Pelotons or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I Every don't day, know, half hour I, interval I training. Say, Let's I go. would say that honestly, when you when you look at what is required from you the comparison between you and an athlete is actually quite easy to do um, because then like, yeah, I was, I was just being super careful about my sleep, about what I was eating. I was going to the gym. So you, was, you, were, you weren't working 80 hour weeks then. you're working what 65, 70 when you started. Um, I would say 60, 60 hours a week. Yeah. Yeah. So you can still kind of work out at 60 hours a week, right? You can't. Oh yeah, hard. definitely. I'm going to the gym yeah. like three times a week uh, during the week. Yeah. So, I'd say uh, once you hit like 80, 90, it starts getting hard. Um, really hard. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, I, I, I would never do MA and all my condolences to all the people who do that. They are really brave. I would never do that. Never. Yeah. It's a, it's a different world. Um, yeah. So you're, so you're, um, 
you were doing, you had like about 30,000 euros kind of come in there. And then at this larger bank, was it, you know, closer to 40, would you say now? Uh, more than that, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. Basically, it's double of it. Double. Yeah, so closer to 60,000. Yeah, okay. Um, and then um, bonus. And there is a bonus. Yeah, and they yeah. have bonuses too, which can be a lot, right? Yeah. Like on average, it's, I mean, that can be in the 20 to 30%. 30, 20, 30%. Yeah. Very cool. That's really helpful. It just gives you Yeah, obviously. Sometimes you, you have a bad year and that's and very unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's a bad, bad year and it can be zero. And sometimes it's a great year and it could be closer to 40% or whatever. Um, yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, before we call it, thanks for talking for so long um, about, about your experiences. Any other kind of final words of wisdom kind of looking back on your path? Um, um, wisdom looking back. Um, Just seeing your path, like, you know, okay, you, you've jumped countries, you've jumped companies, you've jumped kind of product groups. Any thoughts on um, just overall kind of? Honestly, I'm I'm pretty happy about my career. It was tough, but I'm I'm really happy with all the experiences I got, and I think I I did quite well, so <laughs> I'm fine. Um, but um, I'm always like looking, you know, in the future, I'm looking forward, um, and being curious. If, yeah, exactly. Uh, I think um, when you reach, for instance, your first permanent job, you, you can feel a bit, um, obviously, very excited, very proud, very happy. But then you have this kind of uh, rebound feeling, like you're like, okay, what's next now? Like, I'm kind of done. So what should I do? Um, and I think I, I felt a bit like this, like, um, during my first year, and, and it was quite paradoxical because uh, first year in London, I was I was learning a lot. That was new uh, city, new life, new people, new everything, uh, and new job. So I was learning tons of things, but at the same time, I was a bit feeling um, um, yeah, like a complete, uh, kind of full. So I was like, okay. Um, I'm just gonna stay here forever now or what yeah um, complacency is not fun right and you kind of feel like oh okay i made it i made it finally what do i do <laughs> yeah yeah that's a bit that you know like when yeah. you when you fought so much and and so badly for something and then finally you you get where you want uh then you're a bit okay okay fine um so i think um it yeah final what would be like uh it's it's uh obviously it's really nice to have different experiences uh but i think uh having goals and and priorities uh within this these goals is uh the most important thing because it really it really drives you mm-hmm. for sure i love it well i appreciate it equity trader is what we're going to call you for now but <laughs> I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate you taking the time and sharing your wisdom with everyone. Yeah, of course. And thanks to you, my listeners at Wall Street Oasis. If you have any suggestions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send them my way, patrick at wallstreetoasis.com. And until next time.